morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT 2.0. And specifically, we're going to be talking about last night's New Year's Evil card, which saw the unification of two belts, the North American Championship and the Cruiserweight Championship. And we got crowned a new NXT champion. We're your hosts. I'm Boris. And as always, I'm joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Happy New Year and happy holidays. If you haven't heard from us since the last episode of NXT Talk, we are still your hosts. We are still your young guns. And uh, we're in the full swing of things already, buddy. It's 2022. We've had some awesome wrestling shows. We've had some awesome wrestling matches. We already have hot takes for you, Boris. Was NXT better than Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, homie? It's a debate. It's a debate. It really is a debate that's happening, especially among the Facebook group. I saw a couple comments uh, as the show was going on. Um, And it's, you know, people, I got to say off the top, some people are asking me why I'm not as active on the Facebook group when shows are going on. And the truth is, I'm taking notes. I'm really trying to pay attention for this show. I chime in when I can, um, but, you know, especially on on TV, I just find it so hard to be on Twitter and Facebook and taking notes. Uh, So that's kind of where I am. So that's why Matt's kind of been manning the Facebooks uh, and and, and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, I did see some comments. People have been talking, you know, NXT 2.0. I know we say this every week, but I got to say. After last night's show, I'm really seeing some progression with some things. Then other things kind of, you know, leave leave, leave the heart to be desired. Um, and yes. it just and and there are other things where, you know, if this were 1975 Tennessee or Memphis, it would have been fantastic. But in 2022, <laughs> it just doesn't work because the people, especially the people watching NXT, might be a little smarter than they believe little a uh, little more seasoned a little uh they've been around the block once or twice the average nxt fan if you will but i assume boris you're talking about meta von peace von artest if you will i love it von von artest we're, that's it we're sticking to that uh but yeah that's that exactly might have what to I'm, be the name yeah that's exactly what i'm exactly that's exactly what i'm referring to but we'll get to all of that and this awesome card but before everything, Matt, how are you? Oh, man. Actually, I was uh, yesterday I was feeling a little discouraged with the whole like new restrictions in Ontario and stuff. It was, it was feeling like we took a couple steps forward and we just sprinted in the opposite direction yesterday. But honestly, today, Boris, I'm feeling great. I don't know what it is. I just woke up on the right side of the morning. But I'm feeling like Cartman in the first South Park pandemic special. You know, I'm loving the social distancing right now. Not even, not even that. But I'm just, you know, I've accepted it. And for some reason, I just woke up happy and excited to do this podcast this morning. So, hey, man, let's just keep that momentum going. How are you doing today, big homie? Dude, I'm doing pretty good. I'm actually sick as a dog. Don't worry. It is not the big C. It's not what the, it's not that, uh, which is kind of ironic because um, yesterday, I did get one of those notifications on my phone about the exposure, but I know exactly where it came from. Um, so, and I did the rapid test, and everything is good. Uh, but you know, it's just, it's just because that's all we can get here in Ontario right now. But before you know, I do want to say, um, I, we, it's almost impossible to go a show without talking about COVID and everything that's going on, especially us living here in Ontario, right? Um, but we try so hard to kind of. St- uh, uh, st- stay clear from that from that because it's like that's all you hear I know a lot of people yeah, who avoid the media because of that and all that fun stuff but I do want to give a huge shout out to everyone staying at home with little ones you know back to yeah. virtual learning uh, for people out of Ontario um, you know you probably heard it on the midweek markup but we're back to essentially a lockdown restrictions back full in full force uh but one of the main major things is that all the parents and all the kids are back to home schooling which is a very difficult situation especially if you have young ones so huge shout out 
we got your back. I hope that Matt and I can give you at least a chuckle or two as you're going through your day because that's really, that's all we're here to do. That's all the COVID talk I want to do. So good luck to everyone out there. And, uh, you know, I hope that, uh, you know, we give you the entertainment that you need. And if we don't, I am sorry. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'm lucky to be a uh, bachelor, a, a selfish douchebag of a man. And uh, yeah, I don't have anybody else on planet Earth to worry about or care about at this moment in my life. So yeah, it's it's a different case for me. I definitely have nothing but love and respect for anyone who is who has got a family and is dealing, especially like you said, young children right now to get those restrictions so last minute at literally the 11th hour. I think they might have come at 11 o'clock. Anyway, Boris, it was, uh, yeah, it, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it's tough to, to kind of keep your head above water, but we got to try and we're definitely going to try to put a smile on your face this morning. It was a good NXT show we get to talk about here. Yeah, dude, it was crazy good. Um, like, it, like I messaged you at, I, I, the exact time was 9.21 p.m. And I'm like, holy crap. It is 9.21 p.m. Like, this show is really good. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Is, is Triple H back? Because this show is just too good. And then the Von Wagner segment happened. And I'm like, nope. We're back. <laughs> no, but seriously. No, it was a very good show. It was a very entertaining. I'm doing good. You're doing good. Matt, let's just get to business because, you know, uh, real life is kind of taking over today. And we kind of have a hard stop. Uh, but we might as well just get to business. How does that sound? That sounds great, buddy, but we do have one uh, last piece of business before we begin, because we are the Young Guns, and as the Young Guns, we like to mix it up. We like to put a little spin on the star ratings, because uh, star ratings, they're passe, they're old, they're uh, they're done with. So we like to bring you a rating system du jour on the podcast. Who do you think it should be this week, big homie? Well, you know, all things considered, the Cruiserweight title is a title that personally I grew up with. I wasn't yes. the biggest WCW fan, but, you know, I was able to see a lot of the luchadors, which was wrestling that I kind of connected to when I was younger on that other wrestling company. That's kind of how I knew WCW as. So seeing that last night was probably the last time that we're going to be seeing the Cruiserweight title ever, I think that we should honor the Cruiserweight title by rating each match out of five Cruiserweight titles. Five cruiserweights, five big blue belts. I'm into it, buddy. Let's go. Let's honor the cruiserweight title because I do think we saw it for the last time. It might come back in five years or ten years, but ooh, who knows? Yeah. I think we're done with this cruiserweight title in WWE. I think so too, which is a just a shame because that original cruiserweight classic was just was just marvelous, was beautiful. So, so good. And there is an alternate universe, Boris, where uh, Carmelo Hayes just beat either Kota Ibushi or Zack Sabre Jr. for that title last night. Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious to even think of. All right. So NXT 2.0 yesterday was the special New Year's Evil card. We start off with an intro video for the New Year's Evil theme show, focusing on all of the feuds spotlighted on the show. And right away, the first thing that I noticed was how pay-per-view this felt. It even had that pay-per-view intro with the voiceover and everything. So that was a kind of neat little touch. Made the card feel a little extra special. Uh, as usual, your commentators were Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett. Alicia Taylor was the ring announcers. And we get right to business, my friend, because we see the entrances for the North American Cruiserweight Championship Unification match. Uh, both champions got their intro, which is typically reserved for world title matches, but they want that big match feel, so we got this here on the Unification match, and the intro that I'm talking about is where the camera follows both challengers backstage as they head to the ring, and then we jump right to it. The NXT Cruiserweight Champion, Roderick Strong, with Diamond Mine versus the NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams in a championship unification match. By God almighty. So this was a very good match. Um, It was a little, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know exactly what the word is. It's not sloppy. Just it wasn't quite as crisp as some of the Roderick Strong matches we've seen in the past. I feel like he set the bar so astronomically high that it's hard to top himself. Roderick Strong, I'm talking about right now. Roderick Strong has had some incredible matches in NXT. So this was still a very, very good match. But, uh, 
you know, it was it was pretty well at, at the level I was expecting. You know what I mean? Which is in no way an insult to these two fine competitors. No, no. Not, again, we are the last two people who should be talking about anyone's athletic and in-ring ability. Like, <laughs> let's be honest here. Yes. Um, but I do believe, and I do agree with you, but I think the issue ultimately came down to Carmelo Hayes. I think he may have had some butterflies because I did notice that some of his execution was a little on the rushed side, which kind of made the spot not look as cool on camera um but you know but again overall this match was 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 good this match was great um in the sense that i believe that carmelo hayes continues to improve in ring and who better to be in the ring with a rookie than roderick strong Absolutely. Roderick Strong, who has have been having great matches in the wrestling business literally since, what, 2005, 2004? We first saw Roderick Strong show up on the indies, and he was killing it right away. So, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was a very, very interesting match. It was still very good. There was one spot right at the end, which we should definitely highlight. We can maybe go through the match a little bit first. But uh, yeah, no, just to put a highlighter on that one, the uh, the superplex thing. Did you do you remember that? What do you think that was supposed to be? Because what ended up happening is Roderick Strong almost gave like the Pete Dunne X-plex, like the suplex where you walk away from the opponent off the top rope to Carmelo Hayes. But the announcers and the match itself played out as though Carmelo hit a move on Roderick. It looked like Roderick almost, almost killed Melo with that thing. So Yes, uh, yeah, exactly. Which, for the record, Vic Joseph did call it an X-plex. So I think that's what they were intending to do. But I think just something happened, and it just looked really nasty. Um, it, it looked really, really, really scary. But I will say this. This is one of the few times where a botch so close to the end of the match made that work. It made it look that much more devastating. The only problem is it looked like it killed Carmelo, and then Carmelo immediately recovered, pinned Roderick, and then hit his finish and won. So the confusion and the shocking nature of that spot was enough to kind of like get that, oh, and then I know what you mean. But at the same time, it kind of hurt the match in a way if you were closely paying attention because it did look like Melo took that move, but he responded as though he had given the move. You know what I mean? So, Yeah, and also, the other thing I want to call out is are the cornermen. Man, Trick Williams might be the best on-screen character right now. Like, <laughs> he is so good. There was that one part of the match where uh, Roderick Strong is slapping uh, Carmelo Hayes, and Trick Williams is literally right beside them. And the reaction that he's giving, and then he's like, hey, no, not me, Roderick. Stop him. He, you're fighting him, not me. Like, that was just so funny. He's so funny, man. He's so good on the microphone. But like you're saying, even outside, anytime he's on camera, like when Carmelo's locking a submission in on his opponent, Trick Williams is doing like a Mizdow thing. Like he's on the back cinching up on the submission too. So uh, like like on an uh, imaginary opponent, of course. But yeah, it's uh, this Trick Williams has really got something. He's got the things you can't teach. If we can just teach him to wrestle, Boris, he could be a real something. It's hilarious that you say that because i was about to say he's got that it factor because he noticed he knows when he's on camera and he does those sean michaels reactions like again i bring yes. this match up all the time superstars sean michaels on the outside when razor ramon was facing diesel for the ic title and sean michaels was literally on the hard camera the entire match because it's sean michaels and he was just giving reaction after reaction after reaction it's like it was just so good that's what trick williams is doing out there also want to give a shout out to uh to to um to bivens honestly yeah just like trick williams did you notice the sh the, the 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 back and forth that they kept having I did, yeah, and they've got a fun little dynamic going, Malcolm Bivens versus Trick Williams, and Bivens just kind of the uh, the anti, the opposite side of the coin of Mello and uh, Trick, so I really, really like this whole feud that they have going. I hope it continues. One last question for you about this match, Matt. Did you have any doubt that Carmelo Hayes wasn't going to win? No, I, this was, yeah, the, the surest I was of anything on the entire card was that Mello was walking away with both belts and uh, we would see the end of the Cruiserweight title. I actually kind of think, I thought it might have been the end of Roderick Strong, but they did appear to set up his next program in this show, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Exactly. Now, 
with that said, knowing and like 100% knowing that Carmelo Hayes was going to win, did you did that take away from the enjoyment of the match? Nah, maybe a shade, but it didn't ruin the match by any stretch of the imagination. Although I do think that's kind of a thing in wrestling. Like if you kind of know going in, uh, this guy has no chance of winning. It does hurt the match slightly. They need to they need to work a really good match to make you forget it. You know what I mean? And this was a very good match. I don't know if I call it great. So yeah, no, it hurts slightly, Boris. It hurts slightly. Yeah, but yeah, but that's the thing, right? Like, I feel like it did live. Like the fact that we're praising this match still, the fact that this is honestly the one time I know what your match rating is before you say it on the podcast. <laughs> um, so let's get to it. So after that uh, weird superplex, which was a weird Xplex, um, Strong got the worst of it somehow. This gave Melo the the time to hit his diving scissors kick, which I need to call out, Matt. The one th- I'm not liking this finisher anymore, and you know why. Well, I, I think I have a general idea, but please explain it to the uh, to the listener why you dislike this move. How long did it? And, and it's not that he's slow, but it takes Melo how long to get up to the top rope and set up for this move, and the opponent is just staggering there, waiting like an absolute moron. Yeah, just waiting for the next move. Boris, your pet peeve in all of wrestling. But it's it, it's an issue with these moves, you know, anything like Booker T's axe kick or like the worm or the people's elbow or the ball and elbow by MVP, whatever it might be. You just kind of makes the opponent look like an idiot. Yeah, but that's exactly. wrestling. It is what it is. But I, I have no counterpoint to your argument that it kind of makes the opponent look like an idiot. Yep, so Carmelo Hayes defeated Roderick Strong via pinfall in 15 minutes and 29 seconds to become the unified NXT North American champion. Matt, take it away with the rating. Yes, we're going to go three and three-quarter cruiserweights for this one, Boris. Right on the border of great, but I wouldn't quite call it a great match. It's a 75% Alex Wright percentage on this one, buddy. Oh, that's a beautiful one to start the show with. The Vander Kid, Alex, right? I absolutely love it. All right, so after the match, Braun Breaker was shown entering the Performance Center. Um, then we get Tomasa Champa kind of, you know, kind of kind of admiring Goldie. And then AJ Styles walks in. They chat a bit with Styles saying that he was going to confront Grayson Waller in the ring as we head to commercial. So they didn't ever outright say that AJ was wrestling Grayson on this show, but I always thought they were going to put that match on the show. You were pretty clear that you didn't think so. It was kind of a little little debate we were having. And Boris, I got to say, you won. I was what, what was the debate? Anytime they showed a graphic, there was no versus. And you can clearly see face-to-face or confrontation. I don't know what people are seeing. You're right. Yeah, I wasn't the only one who just kind of mentally booked AJ versus Grayson on this show. But if you do look, they never said it was going to happen. So this wasn't false advertising. We, uh, as wrestling fans, perhaps got a little ahead of ourselves, Boris. Oh, well, it happens. But at the same time, you know, the assumption is there. Like, it's one of those details that you absolutely have to notice, right? Um, anyway, so when we get back from Carmara's show, a hype video aired for the NXT Men's and Women's Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic Tournament. The graphic noted that the men's tournament will occur in two weeks, while the women's will start in February. Here we go. It's tag team season again, Matt. Yeah, the tag team season of the witch. I don't know about uh, if they need to. What I would do, Boris... Rather than staggering and having two tournaments and stretching them out over like a two-month period, why not give the men one and the women next year and alternate them? And that way, we are not only not bogged down by tag team matches, like we're not buried and drowning in tag team matches at the start of the year. We also kind of, I feel like it gives the individual champions more uh, more clout. It makes the goal more important if it only comes around once every few years, like the Olympics. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Like the World Cup, right? Like that's what makes exactly. the World Cup that much special. It's every four-ish years. So I would alternate them. Starting next year, do only a women's. Give them, give it to the women first, sure. And then go women, men, women, men for the rest of the existence of NXT, which honestly might end by this summer. I doubt it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, AJ Styles makes his entrance. The commentary team acknowledged AJ losing in the last 24 hours to Omos. Uh, Styles soaked in the AJ Styles chants from the Performance Center crowd. Uh, Styles gets up the mic. He thanks the fans for showering him with cheers. He really did look like he loved it, and it kind of looked like he was starting to get to him on an emotional level, which is great. Uh, once Styles, Styles started to talk, uh, he talked about winning many championships, but he does have regrets. He noted that he debuted at the Royal Rumble and never made a stop in NXT. He said there's something special about NXT. Styles said NXT has passion, the passion of the fans, the passion of the superstars. Styles said he doesn't care if it's black and gold or 2.0. Passion is what makes NXT run. He said he'll be damned if someone tries to take away his passion. He brought up Grayson Waller, feeling he's bigger and better than his place. Than this place being NXT. Styles was cut off by Grayson Waller's entrance. Waller talked about how Styles is laying things thick, pulling on people's heartstrings. Waller said Styles is deflecting throwing shade at Waller to cover up the fact that he just lost to almost 24 hours ago. Waller said people say that Waller is green um, or inexperienced, but he's a student of the game. Waller said the reason Styles lost is because Styles was thinking about Waller. Styles said Waller is right. Styles said he's hurt and not 100% now, and he said he's never had a match in NXT. This is when Waller cut Styles off and said that we're not on Styles' time, we're on Waller time. Styles said Waller needs to grow a sack and do something about it right now. Waller teased a brawl, then he said that he would prefer they have a match as the main event of next week's show. Waller said it'll be the biggest moment of his career. Styles said that it would be the biggest embarrassment of Waller's career. Styles and Waller brawled. Styles get the upper hand after a Pele kick. Waller rolled away and backed up the ramp to avoid a phenomenal forearm. That ends the promo. Yes, yeah. So Grayson Waller continues to impress on the microphone. He's got that it factor. He's, uh, you know, he's he's not he's not MJF yet, but he's pretty good as a promo guy. He's a uh, one of the better speakers amongst the rookie crop here, for sure, for sure. Uh, his in-ring work, it's very spotty, but uh, AJ Styles should be able to get a really good match out of him. So I'm very excited for that one. This was fine. A fine segment, indeed. Agreed. All right, then we get a Pete Dunne promo uh, where he addresses Tony D'Angelo. A-O, A-O, Gabagool. Um, he, he addresses the attack on him after their match two weeks ago. Dunne dared D'Angelo to confront him next week and try to finish a finish the job Dunn said to bring the crowbar too because he's gonna need it and this is setting up for next week crowbar on a pole boris so for all those people who think 2.0 is just russo wrestling this is a feather in your cap this is a vince russo-esque match but you know what pole matches existed before russo they uh clearly they exist after russo he it's one of those things that he just was infatuated with and he just did over and over but uh wwe has had uh blank on a pole matches long before vince russo a uh, big boss man versus nails comes to mind boris nightstick on a pole but that's the thing right there needs to be a purpose to the match right the crowbar has become a a tool of purpose in this feud right the 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 instigating factor of this of this feud look i would rather have crowbar on a pole than uh mouth guard on a pole yeah <laughs> that would just be absurd yes no crowbar on a pole at least makes sense i like it I i'm okay with this stipulation i think it's a good way to kind of protect tony d'angelo and pete dunn could have a good match with anybody under any circumstance so i'm not worried about this one i actually am kind of morbidly intrigued by it i want to see it yep all right and then the trio of Walter, Fabian Aigner, and Marcel Bartel made their entrance and their pose as we went to commercial. Matt, I love seeing Imperium all together. Oh, man, we say this a lot about people on the show, but they have no business in developmental. All three of these guys are ready. And Fabian Eichner, has he not taken a huge step in the last six months? And he feels like a mini Cesaro now in there. He's just insane. So impressive. And 
That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, he honestly is like, like, did you say mini Cesaro? I said mini Cesaro just because Cesaro is like 6'5", and, and Eichner seems like he's below six feet, but... True, uh, but yeah, no, he, he's he's been he's improved so much. Like he was our MVP of the match that they had at the last at, at War Games, right? Yeah, and he he, he was the first imp- star of the show on all yeah. of War Games. Yeah, and he, and he honestly did some very impressive things in the match that's coming up. But before that, Amari uh, Miller chatted with Casey Kenzaro and Caden Carter. Caden uh, and Casey talked about how they were going to win the tag team tournament. Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota took exception to this and challenged Miller, Kenzaro, and Carter to a match next week. Hartwell pointed out that Perota really likes handicap matches. Perota said they can find a third person. They tried to ask Tiffany Stratton if she joined them, but she refused and walked off. Carter and Kenzaro recommended they ask the repackaged Mei Ying character who was sleeping next to the production. Crates, Karen Q, aka Wendy Chu. Um, so Boris, uh, yeah, this is pretty. Uh, Wendy Chu actually got a speaking role. She's actually a real character. Sleepy girl is coming to your wrestling show next week. Um, so it's been said that Cora Jade is a ripoff, perhaps NXT's answer to Darby Allen, the skateboard character. Here's my Hairbrain 4D oh my chest god if you say this i'm just gonna quit the show right now say is it. wendy chu is wendy chu the nxt version of orange cassidy I knew you were gonna say the, that i'm done no well it's not the sleepy the over it it kind of seems like how they're booking her she she's like she's like in slow motion she's above everything she doesn't really care you she's haven't sleeping seen through her the show in the ring yet. wait until you see her in the ring i'll be well, I'll, 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 i don't think so but I'm going to save all reservations until I see her in the ring. First of all, I am super pro Orange Cassidy. I love Orange Cassidy. I think he's fabulous. I think he's a great character. So this is not an insult. This is a question. But I think that is my read on this. I think this is their take on an Orange Cassidy type character. Anyways, MSK and Riddle make their entrance. Uh, They have a private DJ. Riddle came out to his regular theme. Uh, This repackaged MSK, man. Who would have thought it worked? This worked. The fans, the NXT faithful were firmly behind. What the? I'm like, sometimes when I say stuff, I'm like, why did I say it like that? The NXT faithful. That's how you know I'm watching way too much WWE. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, that speak is, is seeped into your brain deep. It's inside of you, Boris. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so no, but the fans, the nextras, as we like to call them on this show, uh, you know, they're firmly behind MSK, and it's awesome to see, right? Like, it's it's kind of cool, even in this match. And I know Riddle helped, but oh, yeah. it was, you know, all things considered, kudos. And guess what? It was a smart idea to pair them with Matt Riddle, someone who's incredibly popular, and that was good booking and a good decision and a good job and just flying colors all around. Like, what a great call to take MSK off TV for five, six months and then pair them with a super over NXT legend, quote unquote. Just an awesome idea. Yeah. Um, you know what's crazy? The fact that Wade Barrett made a made a point of saying that the uh, uh, or Vic Joseph, it doesn't matter who said it, but the Riddle's last match in NXT was May of 2020. It feels like so much longer. Man, but then you look at everything that's happened since then, and yeah, it definitely feels like a lifetime ago, though. That May of 2020, Riddle was still in NXT, quote-unquote, like still kind of in the periphery of NXT at the start of the pandemic. That's crazy to me. It feels like that's those two things are totally incongruent you know feels like he came to the main roster in like 2018 but that's when he started in nxt yeah it just goes to show you that like this 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 pandemic has just like made time irrelevant yeah absolutely it's just become a blur ever since like i I saw a funny tweet today is march 646th 2020 which is basically exactly what it is boris that's where we're at oh my god i just like i almost did a spit take of coffee (laughs) onto my computer well done matt all right so imperium walter marcel bartel and fabian aigner versus wesley nash carter and the shaman matt riddle Man, this match, 
I'm saying this was match of the night. Although if you wanted to tell me the main event was your match of the night, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't kick you out of my home. I would accept that opinion. But uh, in my opinion, this was the best match on the show. This match was awesome. All six guys looked great. Again, Fabian Eichner continues to impress. Marcel Barthel, just the excellence of execution a la Bret Hart. And Walter is a fucking killer. Walter is, is Big Van Vader mixed with William Regal. He's just the best. I love him with all my heart. Man, and, 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 you know, I love the fact that they did give us a little bit of Riddle and Walter, but they kind of want left us wanting more, um, and it was great. Like, and the other thing that I noted, and I texted you, was it's crazy to see the in-ring difference between Riddle on Raw and Riddle in NXT last night. Absolutely, and I don't watch Raw every week, but I do here and there catch a, a match or two from raw or smackdown i do like i love randy orton i love matt riddle too so i'm all in on this rk bro team and i i've seen a lot of their work and i could not agree more it feels like the shackles are off in nxt and it feels like we're seeing independent matt riddle in the nxt promotion and we're very much seeing wwe style matt riddle on raw or smackdown yeah it just it's crazy to think right it's like one of those things like i understand ultimately why they do this right i really do um but you know the, the and i praise the in-ring always on the main roster but it just goes to show you the shackles that they have right like if they were able to just be themselves can you imagine what we would be getting on the main roster it's kind of why i'm worried about walter but boris i feel like walter almost has a wwe proof style like other than other than him heading, hitting guys less amounts of times, like other than don't do 15 chops in a match, do two. I don't know what you can really change about Walter. Did you notice yesterday how many chops he did? I th I saw the one right away to Matt Riddle right at the start of the match to kind of let him know he was there. And I think that was almost it. He hit a couple awesome ones on, uh, on Wesley when he was upside down in the ropes there. But yeah, there was like four or five total. Yeah, exactly. It was a lot less than he normally does. Um, Dragunov must have been watching this match saying, what the F? <laughs> <laughs> or Pete Dunn. Yeah, some of the Tyler Bates, some of the guys he just chopped the shit out of watching in quiet anger for sure. Yep. Um, man, Riddle, you sometimes look at Riddle and you forget how strong he can actually be because he hit a beautiful exploder suplex um on walter and then did a running senton um you know it was so good it was just so freaking good um then riddle even like he he reversed a german suplex from walter uh then he hit him with a pk um my favorite part of the match was actually when riddle and msk they hit stereo flip dives on imperium on the outside like that's what i'm like yeah this is a different style in nxt that they're doing um and yeah it was just a, a fun little match. There was one point, and, and, and Matt, you might be able to describe this better than me because I was doing a couple other stuff, um, but uh, Marcel Bartel essentially has the wrestler. He tosses him to Fabian Aikner, who then does a suplex, but like yes. literally picks him up like from a toss. So, yeah, so uh, picture the old Ric Flair goes to the top rope and gets caught spot. I think it was Wes Lee is on the top rope. Marcel Barthel rocket launches Wes Lee off the top rope into a vertical suplex by Fabian Eichner. Just an insane bit of strength by Eichner to catch this guy in a suplex. And they stumbled a little bit, but the fact that Eichner, like, caught his feeding footing and like like held up Wesley for the suplex almost made it more impressive like he caught himself out of the stumble because he's that strong Boris this was an insane spot I definitely yelled yeah exactly uh, and then the, you know the end of the match everyone is going wild everyone's getting in their moves Riddle hit Walter with a German suplex MSK hit Aigner, uh with a doomsday blockbuster Riddle hit Eichner with a corkscrew senton uh, Riddle then hit Bartel with an RKO out of nowhere for the win as Riddle and MSK win in 13 minutes and 50 seconds Awesome match, and I've yet to see Wrestle Kingdom or that really big, important Noah main event, so I can safely say this is my match of the year so far, Boris. We're going four cruiserweights out of five. It is an 80% Rey Mysterio Jr. percentage, yep. Boris. Yep, dude, this match was so good. I love this. I've loved this match, honestly. 
um, you know, I will not be shocked if this match somehow from January 4th until December 31st, 2022 stays on our top 122 of 22. It's got a chance. It's got an outside chance. Who knows how many insane, crazy things we'll see in 2022. But uh, man, it was definitely a solid start to the year. And this was the best match on this excellent NXT show. And then the hardest working report in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell interviewed Joe Gacy and Harlan about almost tossing Andre Chase's student off a roof. Uh, I love how casual it is. it's like, hey, by the way, you almost <laughs> murdered someone. What up with that? <laughs> but almost murder. Can you be charged for attempted murder, Boris? Let's be real here. Oh, you can. Oh, oh I see. Very good. Oh man, I love I love wrestling. I love wrestling sometimes. Uh, Gacy said that Harlan is working through things. He talked about people treating him bad in the past. Gacy said Harlan has been showing more restraint over the last few weeks. Gacy said he and Harlan winning the Dusty Cup will give Harlan peace, joy, and happiness. He said they don't want handouts and get more privileges than an established tag team. Gacy said he and Harlan will prove that they are indeed a viable tag team. Sorry, that was my usual go record NXT with Boris alarm. We're an hour early this morning. Apologies on that. Yeah, man, this was uh, this was something. Joe Gacy and Harlan are getting a push. Do you think they have a chance to win this tournament? 100%. 100%. We'll see. We'll see. I can definitely see like a tag team push here, and this is how they kind of bring Harlan along, put him in a tag team with Joe Gacy, who... Say what you will about his character, but Joe Gacy's a really good wrestler. He really is. He really is, considering like his background. Like you, you, you know, I hate um, kind of lumping anyone who's ever stepped in the ring at CZW like as a deathmatch superstar, right? Um, it's just that's what a lot of them do. But Joe Gacy, kind of to me, stands out. He kind of reminds me of a much better uh, Sammy Callahan. That's so interesting. He reminds me of a much worse Kevin Owens. So he's somewhere in between. He's like a Sammy Callahan meets Kevin Owens. Oh, my God. That is the funniest thing. But his mannerisms and his character reminds me more and more of Dr. Stevie Richards. Interesting. Interesting. I get a little bit of like a little bit of alternative Moxley vibe, you know? Yeah. Like he's got yeah. some he's got a little taste of John Moxley in there. Yeah, he's you know he's just like clearly he does his research, he studies tape, yes. right? Because like the fact that we're seems, picking all these things up, to me it mm. seems like he's doing this on purpose, like he's trying different things while he creates this new Joe Gacy character. I don't have any problem with Joe Gacy the performer. I think he's doing a fabulous job. I have sometimes an issue with the scatterbrained nature of this character. You know what I mean? It feels like they haven't quite decided exactly what they want it to be, but yep. I think they're both finding it. They're both finding it right now. And Gacy himself, great performer, great performer. Yep. All right. Then we get Mandy Rose arriving to New Year's Evil via helicopter, and Wade Barrett just started cracking me up from here until the end of this women's match when he said, <laughs> I wish I was riding Mandy Rose in the helicopter right now. <laughs> Something something along those lines. Yeah, it was definitely Wade Barrett who was feeling saucy during this match. But, uh, man, a very, very hard match to rate. But what was fun was the entrance, the helicopter entrance. You can't hate on it. Like a young Ric Flair, Mandy Rose was. Yep, exactly. But the fact that WWE just did this recently at WrestleMania 35 with Charlotte is kind of like, you know, it's like whatever. But it is what it is. Um, all right. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, told Electra Lopez that everybody wants to know the deal between her and Zion Quinn. I don't know, want to know. Matt, do you want to know? <laughs> I don't particularly. I don't not want to know, but I'm not losing any sleep over it. But yeah, in this promo, Electra Lopez officially became 1996 Sunny. She is openly stating that she's just leaving with the winner. No matter who wins, that's who she's going with. She doesn't give a shit about anything, and no contracts are binding. Yep. Hey, it's WWE. <laughs> What's old is new again, Boris. It is, I see the contract thing. Yes, very good. It is indeed WWE. Okay, I'm going to go get a quick coffee refill because we have a lot to discuss. This next match was very hard to rate. I don't quite know where I'm going with it even yet. 
All right, Matt has his coffee. I have my coffee. We have a lot to discuss about this women's match. Um, you know, so we got the entrance for the women's title match. Raquel Gonzalez rode to the ring on a motorcycle. She was portraying her best American badass. Uh, Mandy Rose made her entrance dressed as a black-winged angel. And Cora Jade just comes out. Um, this leads us into <laughs> Mandy Rose versus Cora Jade versus Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. Cora Jade, super, super green. She needs to sell a little more. It's like the number one rookie wrestler, uh, quote unquote, mistake. And again, Boris, who are we? Uh, we're big fat shitheads, whatever, <laughs> etc. Yes, but but if we're watching this thing, we I think it's fair for us to point out, like, yeah, Cora Jade seems very green, as they say. She is very new, but she does have charisma. She can take a really good bump. There are things to uh, things to be encouraged about with Cora Jade. This match was sloppier than all hell. But it was very entertaining, very much so. Like, I didn't take my eyes off the screen for one second. I don't know if you could call it good, though, <laughs> like at all in any aspect. All right. I will call it good. And I'll tell you why, my ah. friend. Okay. I was watching this match. I was watching the show with someone. And that person isn't the biggest wrestling fan at all. And they were intrigued with this match. Maybe because it was women. I don't know what it was. I should have asked them. Um, but they were just so interested in this match, and they really enjoyed everything. Here's the thing, Matt. We analyze this stuff to shit. We, again, like, yeah. you know, we pick up on stuff that most people would never, the casual fan would never. But that's why we do this show, right? That's why people listen to us. Um, but sometimes it's cool watching these matches with casual wrestling fans. And I think it was just the attraction of having three women go at it at once. Um, this person did bring up how monstrous and scary Raquel Gonzalez was. This person also said that they love seeing the pretty girl get their ass kicked. Um, you can clearly tell I was watching this with a female. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then they thought Cora Jade had no had no business being there, but they really liked her as a presence, as an aura. Um, you know, my take on this match was Gonzalez was the MVP of this match. She yes. delivered and continues to deliver. And, dude, she is so beyond ready for the main roster. It is criminal. But at the same time, I'm afraid what that would have what, what that would do to her. Um, you know, this was her match. She was selling being the dominant, like just the dominant factor in this match she was the monster you know she controlled both jade and mandy rose um there was that one awesome spot where uh raquel gonzalez did the uh gorilla press kind of and and threw cora jade outside hoping to land on rose but rose just casually walks away it's very much yeah. like a samoa joe uh aj styles flip right and then yes. and then seeing rose samoa is like, rose Yes, yeah, Samoa Rose. And then just seeing Mandy Rose a stare at Cora Jade, like that was really cool. Um, you know, and, and and here's the thing. Cora Jade, as you said, she's not ready. But she's got a lot of stuff that you cannot teach to anyone. Yes. Just like Trick Williams. I and she's a better wrestler than 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 a lot of the the uh the, the the rookies. So she does have a future, and I believe that she will be the future star of NXT 2.0. But yesterday she really had a tough time keeping up, and I think that having Cora Jade with someone as not polished like a Mandy Rose makes Cora Jade look that much greener. Yeah, uh, that's inarguably true but like yeah we i don't want to say that she did a bad job and she embarrassed herself but it was she was just noticeably the worst wrestler of the three but that's fine we all knew it to be the case coming in so you know what i mean it is what it is there's one one little spot it was actually the press slam it was right after the press slam to the outside that bugged me so much in terms of like the rules of wrestling if this were real kind of thing so uh, Raquel presses Cora Jade over her head, throws her to the outside, supposedly on Mandy. Mandy Samoa Joe's it walks away, and Cora Jade splats on the floor. Raquel Gonzalez and Mandy Rose have a stare down, and then Mandy runs away. And what does Raquel do? Raquel chases after Mandy. Yep. I get it, but that is extremely stupid. If Mandy Rose ran away, what Raquel should have done is thrown Cora Jade's limp cadaver into the ring and pinned her corpse to win the title. That's what should have happened there. So that was a really dumb thing. But, I mean, whatever. Again, that's that's us being so close 
to the thing. That's us picking nits to an extreme degree. But also, if this were real, that was extremely dumb. The other thing that I want to point out, and you know, I don't want to sh- uh, shit talk Cora J too much. Um, you know, I do like the fact that she did kind of get in the match. She was in the match. She wasn't just this, 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 you know, this little young girly girl who, you know, is, is, is rides a skateboard and gets, you know, lucks her way through life. Like she was in the thick of the match. She got her ass kicked. She threw punches. So I kind of hope they keep going in that trajectory with Cora Jade. I like that character. I th- I don't like the, the timid Cora Jade. Like she can be a badass and this match to me proved it. So, Gonzalez hit Rose with a chingona bomb. Jade broke up Gonzalez's pin with a diving senton out of the blue. I love the camera work there. Gonzalez tried to hit Jade with a superplex, but Jade shoved Gonzalez off the top rope. Jade tried to pin Rose, but Rose adjusted her weight to get Jade's shoulder on the mat for the win. So Mandy Rose got the uh, win via pinfall at 12 minutes and 33 seconds. Yeah, it was the exact pin that the British Bulldog pinned Bret Hart with at SummerSlam 92, except it was way worse. It was not uh, that well executed. But uh, yeah, so this is a very tough match. If you want to tell me I'm crazy and I've overrated this thing by a star and a half, I accept that. But Boris, I think you won me over. We're going to go as high as three cruiser rates out of five, slightly above average. It's a 60% Medusa percentage on this one first female cruiserweight champion yep, first dude not I, last yeah I, I i agree with you 100 like i honestly think this match it was above the mad cat moss line but it wasn't <laughs> you know it wasn't legendary this match we will not be talking about on december 31st 2022 but no it sir. was a good match in the grand scheme of things yeah, I think uh, I think I fully co-signed that one, buddy. I didn't regret watching it. It held my attention throughout. I will never go back and watch it again, and I will forget it existed in two months. Yep. All right. Boa was talking to himself in a mirror, as Boa does while washing his face, as I do. He talked in Mandarin about how he's going to beat Solo Sokoa. He also talked to himself that he can't control the Mei Ying power. Boa's alter ego, the face-painted one, appeared behind him in the mirror. In the mirror, to quote Vince McMahon or John F. Kennedy. Uh, yeah, so this uh, this Boa character is just not stopping, eh? It's just no signs of slowing down for the possessed <laughs> Boa. Yeah, right? It's like it's like every week it's like, are they are they done with this? Oh no, they're not. Yeah. They're giving this more airtime. And like Zia Lee is allegedly on SmackDown, although you wouldn't know to watch the television show. And uh, uh, Wendy Chu is now a character. Uh, Mei Ying herself is completely toast. Uh, and now Wendy Chu is the new Orange Cassidy, which I don't know why you're so negative on. It's clearly true. Anyway, no, it's not. <laughs> so this uh, this Boa thing, it uh, inexplicably continues, Boris. Yep. All right. Off to the outside, Riddle congratulated MSK in the parking lot. Riddle drove off on his scooter. MSK noted that they need to go for the tag titles right now. The Creed brothers, Julius and Brutus Creed, showed up to taunt MSK. And we kind of get a showdown slash sneak peek to the next program. And I love the fact that they call themselves um, the Brothers Creed. The Brothers Creed. I do like that as well. It's it's not quite the Creed bros. Yeah, they, they are careful to call themselves the Brothers Creed, and for some reason it works. So I think officially announced for the for the men's DC, we have MSK, the Brothers Creed, and Harland and Gacy. Now we can assume that we're going to get the Cowboy team, Jacket Time. I don't know who else is in there. Uh the cowboy team. You young mean, veterans. Briggs and Jensen. Is that who you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, the, the cowboys. Uh, the grizzled young veterans for sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, Imperium. Well, Imperium are the champs, so Doesn't I matter. think that they're the champs not are in typically it. in there. Oh, huh, interesting. I think I thought last year they officially made the change where it's a number one contenders tournament, and the champs don't the champs don't get to play anymore. Yeah. I might be uh, wrong on that. Yeah. Whatever. Um. All right. Let's. Let's move on. Hey, because this this next thing is fantastic. If you're from Tennessee or Memphis from 1975 <laughs> and don't know anything about wrestling, because Andre or Case if you're from ma- uh, if you're from Detroit from 2005. Yeah. Oh God. Um, uh, <laughs> or, or an NBA fan in Seattle via what? When did that happen? 
Oh, that's a guy. Uh, that's a good question. Or I actually don't know to answer your question, but I, uh, or uh, if you're a, a Boston Bruins fan in the 1970s, getting beaten up by Mike Milbury. <laughs> yes. All right. Andre Chase made his entrance. Chase said that he was grateful for his student protecting him last week. And he's also grateful that Harlan didn't throw him off the roof. Like how casual. <laughs> hey, thanks not for murdering my student. <laughs> We that didn't was very the, good of you. We didn't get the uh, the permission form from his parents, so I would have been in a deep trouble if he died. <laughs> would have been liable. Could have gotten sued. Could have shut this whole thing down, Harwin. <laughs> oh, you don't want That's Andre story. Chase University to become discredited. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh yeah, so Chase said he wanted to recognize the student publicly. The student got a You Deserve a Chant, which made me laugh. Chase gave the unnamed student a full-ride scholarship to his university. Von Wagner made his entrance. Vic Joseph joked that Wagner wants a scholarship, which <laughs> killed me on so many levels. Um, Wagner said he's the real star of NXT. Harlan said he hears the booze. Uh, sorry, Wagner said he hears the booze and negative comments, but when he gets in the ring, he's everyone's favorite superstar. Sure. Uh, he said people want to tune into the Von Wagner watch party to see who he to who he beats up. He started yelling and said that he's everyone that you're not. Chase tried to call this a teachable moment, but he was attacked by Wagner. The unnamed blonde-haired student yelled at Wagner. Wagner tossed a student. Von Wagner then attacks uh, uh, fans in the crowd because that's what you do when you get angry. Barrett noted that Wagner is acting more crazy than Antonio Brown. Wagner was escorted to the back. Yeah, and then when they came back from commercial, they were very careful to tell us, like, this is real. Like, we apologize to anyone who saw that. Von Wagner's being escorted from the building. There will be consequences, the whole fucking thing. So, yeah, it was, uh, they were treating it like it was real, although it was pretty unbelievable. And it was so out of nowhere and kind of out of character for this for this particular guy, this Von Wagner. Like, it's just such a, an aggressive turn for him that it was it kind of just didn't land at all. It was kind of just confusing. But, you know, sure, let's give Von Wagner something. Can I admit something in a, in a, in a train wreck sort of way? Yeah. I liked it. No, man, that's fine. Yeah, you don't have to be embarrassed by that, man. It was it was it was interesting for sure. I didn't dislike it. I was just like, well, that's out of nowhere. So Von Wagner's beating up fans now. <laughs> Boy, that's an aggressive turn. You know, it's just kind of more shocking than anything. So Not in a good go, way. Like, whoa, like it's so just shocking the that they would choose to do it between Harlan and Wagner. <laughs> between those two alone, <laughs> NXT should be I'm shut down. You. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. By the law, you know, if not by WWE themselves. But uh, yeah, man, definitely a lot of criminals rocking around, not to mention Tony D'Angelo. Arguably, you could be killing people, kidnapping guys. We still haven't seen Lash Legends producer. Oh, yeah. I forgot Lash Legend was a thing. Thank God. All right. Uh, <laughs> Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa get their hype video, which was also very cool, very pay-per-view like which made it feel like a big match like a real big match championship match uh braun breaker and champa were shown on their way to the ring uh we get that replay of the von wagner assaulting the quote-unquote fans and then like matt said vic joseph used his very somber and apologetic voice to apologize on behalf of wwe that fans shouldn't get attacked no shit there vic <laughs> yeah, that's a, it goes without saying, I think. Uh, and yeah, as as the, they're escorting Vaughn out yeah. of the building, he passes by Roderick Strong on the trainer's table, pretty much obviously setting up Vaughn v. Roddy in the next couple weeks. That looks like the direction. And I wonder if Roderick Strong's contract is coming up, too, because he seems to be putting some guys over right now, you know? All right, after that, a Cameron Grimes vignette aired talking about how he's going to be going to the moon in 2022. Yeah, he's uh, ditching the green and going for gold. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to donate all his money to charity or what that means, but, he, but he's focused on the title belts. Uh, could we be seeing Grimes v. Mello sooner than later? Let's go. I, oh, that would be so good. All right, so next week we get AJ Styles officially fighting 
versus Grayson Waller. We get Zion Quinn with Santos Escobar with Electra Lopez on the line. And then we have Pete Dunn versus Tony D'Angelo, AO, AO, and a crowbar on a pole match. I was going to make a joke yes. about Electra Lopez on a pole match, but uh, there's yeah, there's <laughs> maybe uh maybe just move on from that one we also have boa versus solo sokoa on the on this coming show we have that six woman tag that was set up sleepy wendy wendy chu persia parada and indy hartwell versus amari miller casey catanzaro and Caden carter little baby face six woman tag and also boris we are probably going to have harland and joe gacy in action seems like they set that up too Yep. Uh, we get the entrances for the main event. Vic Joseph noted that the main event will be commercial free. Braun Breaker with two K's made his entrance where he kicked the giant foam X in half. Alicia Taylor handled the formal in-ring intros. And this match started with 18 minutes left before 10 p.m. So for the NXT championship, it was Tommaso Ciampa versus Braun Breaker with two K's. I don't know if I would call it a great match, but I'm certain it was an, a great effort by both guys. You know, I think I think it was enough that I would call it like a low, low end great match. You know what I mean? But but it definitely it was it was so impressive to see how good Braun Breaker is already. But just if you closely watch Ciampa in this match, he's such a professional. He's so good. He knows exactly what to do, when to do it. He knows exactly where to be for his opponent to do what his opponent needs to do. This was just, I was just watching this in like quiet awe of Ciampa. Just so appreciative that we have him here and we get to watch his work in NXT. Can we talk about the storytelling in this match? Well, that's kind of what we're supposed to do. So, you know, we might as well talk <laughs> yes, about storytelling. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what's yes, wrong with it. me this morning. All right. So, um, just, I loved the fact so that for every move Braun Breaker with two Ks would do, you know, it would take out Ciampa a little bit. And Ciampa would have to do a couple moves to try to keep up with breaker like that, that like that was the essential story they were trying to tell and then three quarters of the match in champa just ran out of gas he ran out of ideas yeah. he didn't know what else to do and breaker kept coming at him coming at him and coming at him and i just love that storytelling that is like you know they're really working hard to put breaker over as the most talented guy right now in nxt as the as the best wrestler per se in nxt and champa had no answer for him which you know goes to show you how much faith they have in breaker moving forward because champa is like you know was the final boss and then here's breaker who just completely ops overpowers the guy and i just yes. absolutely love that and then matt the fact that we got the bulldog from the middle rope that screwed breaker at halloween havoc and that is what set up the steiner recliner for the finish oh oh so good yeah this match built so well off of their previous two encounters, especially the Halloween Havoc match. They repeated like numerous spots from that. And they did the thing where Braun Breaker learned from his mistakes. He was uh, wise enough to not get DDT'd on the outside this time, for example. And uh, yeah, just just a fabulous, fabulous performance. Well laid out match. Uh the standing moonsault that Braun Breaker hit was a thing of beauty, completely out of nowhere, caught us all off guard, caught me off guard. The spear, buddy, oh man, the spear that Braun Breaker absolutely destroyed Ciampa with and cut him in half. That was one where after the move, you saw Ciampa like, ho, ho, like not selling, like I'm legit, that legitimately fucked me up a little bit. Like he got yeah. speared hard might have broken a rib or two just one of the grossest non-goldberg spears you'll ever see in pro wrestling yeah it's like you said the story was like Ciampa was trying to rely on his veteran instincts but he just couldn't he couldn't be smart enough couldn't be wily enough to uh to get one up on this bull in a china shop braun breaker yeah. is just a different animal yeah exactly like they did a fantastic job of not only keeping champa strong because a loss doesn't mean you're buried. A loss doesn't take away from anything. Even losing your belt doesn't take anything away, especially when you're facing a rising star like Braun Breaker with two Ks. So this match was just so well put together, so well laid out. Uh, the story was great. And Matt, we had this debate before this main event because you never know what Rogers is going to do to us here in Sportsnet, watching it in Canada. And that is, 
what made this match that much better was the fact that it was commercial free and we were able to see the story from beginning to end. Yeah, it's tough to like take points away from a match because of a commercial break because it's not the fault of the wrestlers at all that there's a commercial in their match. But at the same time, we have to kind of rate what we've seen. And if there's a six minute match and three minutes of them are spent on, you know, a commercial for Sportsnet, it's not going to be as good to us. So I did greatly appreciate that this was legitimately indeed commercial free, Boris. Yep. All right. So uh, Breaker was um, so Champa was kind of acting a little wily. Breaker uh, was going between the ropes to the outside, but Breaker was caught between the legs with the rope, hit his, uh, you know, hit his little two Ks. Uh, then uh, Champa hit two running knees into the fairy tale ending for a crazy near fall, one that even sold me, sold you. Yeah. Uh, the two fought on the second rope. Breaker fought back to hit the bulldog, locked in the Steiner recliner. And there was, I love, like even then, Ciampa was fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting until he couldn't fight anymore. And he taps out. So your winner and new NXT champion, Braun Breaker. Yes, loved that finishing sequence. I actually liked that they had... Uh, Tommaso Ciampa kick out of Breaker's power slam finisher and for Breaker to bust out a mega death kill finisher, that being the Steiner recliner, which I do think he's won with before once or twice. But it was nice to see that this is officially his mega death kill ultimate finisher, the Steiner recliner. So, yeah, we have a new NXT champion and honestly, a great match to close out a great show. And maybe, yep. again, it's more of a great effort by Ciampa specifically, but Breaker too. But I would say, all in all, great match. Yeah, and I love that the after the match, like, Ciampa kind of gave the nod of approval to Breaker. Like, you know, you did it. You got me. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see what happens next week. But as of tonight, your new champion, Braun Breaker. Yes, and it looks like Tommaso Ciampa staying babyface, as you said, Boris. He even, after the show, shook Rick Steiner's hand, Papa of Braun Breaker. We didn't see it on the show, unfortunately, but they put it up on social media. Rick Steiner came into the ring and congratulated Braun. A really nice moment that they absolutely should have put on television. Maybe they just ran out of time. Maybe they're just still scared to say that this guy's a Steiner for some reason, even though every fan watching knows yeah, exactly. But you know what? At this point, does it really matter? Let's let's honestly have this chat right now. Does it matter? I know we were caught up. I, and the reason is because Braun Breaker had such a cool name that they had before they rebranded him. But, you know, the, 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 the Rock, Rocky Maivia, and, you know, when he turned into The Rock, like we knew what his family legacy was. Does it really yeah. matter what he's called? Yeah. It depends. Does it really matter? I guess, like, in terms of is it going to make or break his career? No. But I do think it matters insofar that Braun Breaker is a bad name. It's terrible. And they might as well go with Braun Steiner or Rex Steiner or whatever it might be because yeah. it's just better in yeah. every measurable way. So it's not going to ruin this guy's career. It doesn't matter a lot, but I think it does matter a little. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. But point is, Braun Breaker, your new champ, moving on forward as the man in NXT 2.0, Rainbow Brand. Matt, how would you rate this match? Yeah, yeah well, it might be a, a slight overrating, but you know what? Screw it. I'm feeling myself, smelling myself this morning, as they say, boss, we're going to go for <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go four cruiserweights out of five. It is a, it is an eighty percent Gregory Helms percentage. There's a hurricane coming through. Yep, exactly, man. That so that was the show. Uh, overall, a very entertaining NXT. 2.0 and I know that it was more pay-per-view like and I know that after Halloween Havoc we got arguably the most embarrassing episode of NXT 2.0 but I'm absolutely loving the momentum that NXT has right now we're seeing some good in ring we're seeing the rookies constantly improve for developmental I think this isn't so bad right now no I'm really liking where we're at I actually am quite enjoying it and I can't wait to see more exactly well Matt there we go. We've done what we 
came to do, and that is review New Year's Evil. But before we go, we should talk about everything that's going on here on the SNME Radio Podcast Network, whatever you want to call it. Um, so obviously tomorrow we have BAM, where we're going to be talking mainly about New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom, Night 1 and Night 2. And then we're going to have the great debate about which show we like the more. But, uh, you know, uh, interesting Wrestle Kingdom show. So that's going to be on BAM. Then on Friday, you get the old fucks, all elite weekly talking all things dynamite. It is the first TBS show. And then on Saturday, you get not one, not two. But this week, you're getting three shows because you are going to be getting the Smack Daddies coming back at you from the East Coast chatting all things SmackDown. First live SmackDown in three weeks. Then you have Dark Side of the Elite talking all things Rampage. And Matt, this Saturday is AEW's Battle of the Belt special. That's going to be great. That's going to be fun. And this week, it's going to be myself. And Mike McGuire chatting all things AEW Battle of the Belts. Then on Sunday, we're coming back at you with the SNME Radio Terrestrial Show. Man, it's a busy week. Yeah, man, I'm excited to to check out you and Mike on Saturday. I think that's a good idea. Kind of keep the Battle of the Belts shows like rotating special guest hosts. You can have like a group of people who don't always interact here at SNME Radio. I think that's a pretty cool idea. But yeah, man, lots coming up, lots down the pike. We're also going to talk some NFL playoff scenarios on the next BAM for your sports fans out there. Man, the train is rolling, buddy. We just yep. got to hop on it. Exactly. Ballergear.ca for all of your SNME radio merch. And we're done. I'm tired. I have real life stuff to do. He's Matt. <laughs> I'm Boris. Goodbye. NXT UK Corner returns next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah.